Steelers versus Bengals rematch at Acrisure Stadium Sunday at 425. We got a lot to talk about, but it does seem like Mika Fitzpatrick is a full go because of the Thursday practice report. We'll talk about him, the impact he's going to have. And was the Steelers run success last week at just a one-time hit? Or is that something that's about to change the second half of the season? We'll talk about that and our predictions for Steelers Bengals. I'm Chris Carter here with Brian Batko. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and this is the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hey, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and this show is a show as a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show that we, that we bring you every single week here from the Post-Gazette. You can check it out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of the, all of our episodes as well as our daily content. We got all things Pittsburgh sports coming out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette right here on this channel. Today's episode is brought to you by the Acrisure Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office using augmented reality. You can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage to get a real edge on this week's action. Brian, we got uh, a bit of a surprise this week. And I it's not a surprise now because we, we, you know, Mike Tomlin said as much about the, the uh, that Minka Fitzpatrick would, you know, was look, was feeling very positive about him, him coming back this week. And sure that he said that, and, you know, we got the sense from Minka Fitzpatrick, but he was a full participant on Thursday. There's still a sense to me. It's like, this shouldn't be happening, right? Like this guy just had an appendectomy, what Saturday. And yeah. he, he's, he's back out there running around trying to start for an NFL game. Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, what, well, we're recording this Thursday evening, so it's been five days since he was actually on the operating table. You know, they're making an incision. Obviously, medical technology these days is uh, is very impressive, but you still have to make an incision. Um, you know, you, you have to have that guy laid up for a bit. It was pretty remarkable, I think, that he was even at the game the next day. He said he was feeling it a little bit, but he felt good enough to go support his teammates, and and he was out there, you know, full practice on Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, your reason for Mike Tomlin's optimism on Tuesday that, um, you know, he, he thinks that Minka might be available to them. Obviously, it's it's probably going to go right up to game time, right? I would be surprised if mm-hmm. Minka's not listed as questionable coming off of, uh, of the Friday injury report. And he himself said that he's going to be He's going to be careful, try to read how his body responds and, you know, go from there. But the fact that it's even um, possible, I guess, is is very notable. And um, Minka is some sort of uh, med- medical marvel, apparently, with uh, with how quickly he's been able to recover from this. Yeah, no, I think that that's what, uh, you know, it's one of those things where there's certain athletes that defy logic when that happens. Like, like you know, back in the day when we were kids, Rod Woodson coming back from, an ACL tear in the same season to play in the Super Bowl, like stuff like that. Adrian just, Peterson always jumps out to me, right? He geez. made a ridiculous comeback. Like there, well, there's Dickens a, even, I mean, yeah, you know, he, yeah. he looks great. Uh, not all that far removed from his own injury last season. I mean, he had, he had a, a what an ACL tear in the spring of 21 
came back in the winter of 20, like winter going into 2022, played in the national championship game, and yeah. now is like the guy that everyone's talking about in the NFL. Like he's going to be like Christian, what Christian Watson just did for uh, Watkins just did for the, the Packers last week. That's what everyone's waiting for him to see from him at some point for the Steelers with his explosiveness, his ability to go win combat catches and his ability to make plays happen uh, with the ball in his hands. So I feel you, but make of it's Patrick. I mean, this is a guy who, when we, when we've watched him play, like this is, he's always been a leader type of guy. Like, you know, this was who Nick Saban praised him up to be. This is what the, what the Steelers wanted. This is why Mike Tomlin, you know, was, was like, we got to go get this guy when he was available, Kevin Colbert, and they made that happen. Um, but, you know, as much as TJ Watt, I think is the most necessary piece to this, to the Steelers defense, him with Minka Fitzpatrick, I think adds an extra element of like X fact, two X factors on the field who can charge everyone else up and make people better around them. Similarly to how I think back in the day, it was James Harrison and Troy Polamalu who were dual X factors. And it, it gives you a kind of sense of like, you know, everyone's always been talking about for the past several weeks. Oh, so much for this hundred million dollar defense. Well, you know, there hasn't been many games where the whole hundred million dollars has been out in the field. And the one game where it was closest to that, was the Bengals game when they forced five turnovers and destroyed Joe Burrow and, and, and basically won the game without an offense. And we still um, don't know that that's going to be the case this week. True. You know, again, Mink has said he's going to take it day by day. And the other thing too, about him, you know, what we've seen from the, from the moment the Steelers acquired him early in, uh, in 2019 is that he's an every snap guy. I mean, he hasn't been someone who's content to uh, take plays off, rotate in, be part of packages, He's always been out there every every down. So maybe this week the good thing is even if he's healthy enough to play, gets cleared, ready to go, you know, everything we just said about him being an X factor, you could argue that Steelers' best defensive performance of the year, he wasn't out there. It was DeMonte mm-hmm. KZ who was playing safety next to Terrell Edmonds, and they Very and true. they shut down the Saints, especially in the second half. So, uh, of course, you want him in there if possible, but uh, we, we saw good things from KZ. I think you feel better about plugging and playing him than Trey Norwood in the past. So right. it's not a situation where they do have to rush back Minka. And if he does play, even if it's in a complimentary role on some sort of snap count, you know, you, you have to like what you're seeing from that safety group in general. And maybe they can throw out some different personnel groupings that haven't been available to them when KZ and then Minka were out. I agree with that. You know, I think that there's 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 definite intrigue into, you know, can the Steelers defense, you know, improve? And one thing that the, I think that we've seen with the Steelers this year, you know, as far as their uh, you know, their past defense, they're given they've given up a bunch of yards. But granted, they've also you know had had some stretches where they haven't had their best guys out there. But their run defense ranks six in the NFL right now, both in yards per game allowed and yards per attempt allowed. And with their run defense. You know, that, that was the biggest thing that they had. They knew they had to fix this year. They were dead last in it last year for the first time since like 1945 or something like that. Um, and it, I, I think that when Mink is out there, there's there's a sense that it's like, hey, you know what? You don't have to divest so much from the run defense to help with the pass defense because you're going to have him. And I also think with Mink out there, along with the Devontae Casey and you have Terrell Edmonds, and you, you, you know, you're having Cam Sutton. And, you know, we're not so sure about Akella Witherspoon because he, he again didn't practice Thursday. But you know, you had Levi Wallace with his play. 
you know, there's a sense that might be like, hey, you know what? You got all vets back there in the secondary. Let them go do what they do. The rest of you guys just worry about stuffing the run and getting after the quarterback. And I do think that there's an asset there that allows the Steelers to kind of play their style of football. And that's going to be a part of the chess match this week, right? I mean, Joe Mixon coming off one of the better games by any running back in the league this year with what they did against a, a Carolina defense that, yeah. I mean, yeah, that they're, they're losing steam down there in Charlotte, but for the most part, I mean, that defense is still, uh, is still chippy. It still has some guys up front. So they didn't have any problem running the ball against them. The Steelers did smash it for the most part week one against Joe Mixon. There was that long one that he broke off that Minka tracked him down at the one, uh, one of his mm-hmm. many huge plays in that game in Cincinnati. So, uh, of course, you got to try to take away Mixon. Terrell Austin said that Thursday. You know, if we don't stop him, it's it's going to be a long day for us, essentially, to paraphrase. But I'm also reasonably confident, uh, very confident, you're not going to pick off Joe Burrow four times again. I mean, that was yeah. that was an anomaly. Uh, right. He himself guaranteed, essentially, this week that he's not going to throw four picks again. So, of course, the, the Steelers' defense should feel challenged by that. But the reality is Burrow's thrown two interceptions total since then. Um, yeah. So, he, you know, I think that game was a wake-up call to him as a young quarterback who's had a ton of success coming off a Super Bowl appearance. You know, maybe he just coasted a little bit and was there was some rust from his from his own appendectomy in mm-hmm. that game uh, in, in week one. He didn't play in the preseason at all as he worked his way back from that. So uh, that's, that's going to make for a very, very intriguing – battle there do the Steelers sell out to stop the run if they do does Joe Burrow pick apart the secondary even without Jamar Chase that'll be a big question Jamar Chase of course listen is out already for this game he's been said to still be on crutches this week as he's recovering from his injury yeah I don't know that they've technically listed him as as out have I know he's not practicing but yeah he's I mean they didn't put him on IR but it sure doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go uh, I was just going off of the um, the ESPN depth chart because they put like the Q and the, yeah. the O's next to their name and they already have an O next to his name. And maybe that's just ESPN's assumption of something. Um, yeah, but- I mean, I think we all know that he's he's not coming back, but I did see him on the Bengals injury report as just being DNP. Hard to practice when you're on crutches, Chris. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're scooting around. Listen, I was pretty fast on crutches. I, I, I had to I had to live on crutches for like three months at one point when I was a kid. And I learned how to get around pretty quick. Why can't you, Jamar Chase? That's just, a, <laughs> just a, you know, so much for the the one of the top receivers in the country there. But I want to talk to you about the Steelers run game because we because the run offense finally woke up this past week. We talked to Ray about it earlier in the week. I want to talk to you about it and what you think about it in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our friends at Liquid Death. Liquid Death, of course, is the number one mountain spring water brand out there right now. It's the best thing to go get hydrated. It's an awesome water brand. They call it Liquid Death because it's here to murder your thirst and it's here to murder plastic pollution across the planet because 10% of the profits sold from every can go goes to fighting planet plastic pollution on our planet. Liquid Death is not it's, it's not a beer, but it's packaged like one in a tall boy can that looks like a Miller Lite. But when you drink it, it's just fresh 
cool, refreshing water that goes down. There's no plastic taste to it. It's just like fresh out of a can, and it's easy to chill when you cr when you crack one open. Sounds it sounds like you're cracking open a beer, but you're just getting fresh, ice cold water right out your fridge or a cooler or anywhere. And I I, I encourage anybody to go get some Liquid Death right now. You can get some at Target, 7-Eleven, a county fair, or you could find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool located at liquiddeath.com slash shore. That's liquiddeath.com slash shore. We're also sponsored by Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. We refresh and rejuvenate at, at, in a Finlayo sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than Frosty and Aruba. Save not big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and more hot tubs. Visit valleypoolandspa.com today. It's valleypoolspa.com for our sponsors. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, Brian, the Steelers eclipsed 200 rushing yards in this last game. The Najee Harris almost got 100. He had 99 yards on 20 carries. Jalen Warren had over 40 yards. Kenny Pickett had over 50 yards. There was a sense that, okay, they were able to run the ball. The offensive line was, was able to create holes. But that was also against the Saints defense, uh, which hasn't exactly looked too good against the run this year. They've given up 135, 130.5 yards per game uh on, on they were missing pete werner their inside linebacker exactly yeah exactly so like there's there's a bit of like a okay that was cool you did it for a week but if the steelers hope to actually make progress in their offense they have to start showing some sign of consistency somewhere um you know i think it was a good sign of there maybe there could be a foundation with the run game but do you think that that was an outlier and that we're just not going to see that too much again this year or do you think there was actually some foundation laid for the Steelers to be able to run the football I think some of both I don't know that you can predict Kenny Pickett using his legs that much right game in and game out although maybe that does become more of a something they can lean on as the weather turns here throwing the ball is going to get more difficult if it's cold and snowy at, at Akershire Stadium I also think that the offensive line while it's playing better I'm, I'm not ready to say they've quite turned a corner uh, I need to see a little bit more to to make that statement. What I think is the biggest aspect they can build on is the running style and mentality of Najee Harris. And, you know, Matt Canada, uh, for as constantly evasive as he is and his, uh, ed, you know, he, he hates saying anything insightful most weeks when we, when we meet with him. But right. even he said what everybody was thinking and pointing out Sunday that Najee Harris simply did a better job of, of getting downhill, being a north-south runner. And um, he followed that up, as he is wont to do, by saying it's nothing nothing really different. That's who Najee is. So I saw him being himself. But the subtext there, of course, is that he wasn't doing a good enough job of that you know, before the bye. The, the first uh, eight weeks of the season when he was struggling to really put together much consistency, I, I think it was because he was going east-west too much. And he himself talked about not necessarily trusting his line at times trying to do too much. That wasn't the case Sunday and look what happened. Boom rips off a, what was it? A 36 yarder. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can build on that against the Bengals, but it, it'll be more difficult. I think than the first time around the Bengals are set to get uh, their best defensive tackle DJ reader 
back in the fold. And, you know, we know how stout they are on the perimeter with Sam Hubbard and, and Trey Hendrickson. So uh, it won't be a, you know, it won't be a cinch to, to build on what they did against the saints, but you got to like the way some of the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Yeah, certainly. And, and I think that, you know, part of this is, isn't just Najee Harris. It is the offensive line creating holes. Cause a lot of times the reason Najee Harris wasn't getting yards is because there wasn't any holes to get yards with. And I, I think you saw Mason Cole have a better game. I think you saw Dan Moore have a better game, especially on, on the ground uh, in run blocking. Uh, I think Jace, James Daniels had had some better block blocking moments. I think Kevin Dotson might have been the one who struggled the most, but you know it was revealed as Ray Fittipaldo said on the show on Monday. Yeah, he's dealing with an injury. It's kind of making it hard for him to be at full strength right now. Um, but still, all in all, like you know, we said all preseason, all training camp, this offensive line wasn't going to start off being good. It might still not end up being good, but there would be. You know, when you have a younger line like they do now, and they've they went and got some free agency pickups, they kept Jakuma Core for this is around the time when you expect to start to see progress from this group and figuring things out and how to work together and how to work with the skilled players who are getting the ball. And I, I do think that there's a sense that, like, you know, not that they're going to become some run dominant team that just plows over everybody, but that, uh, uh, but that there, I think there is a chance that this group does find a way to kind of be able to at least give the Steelers something on offense week to week where that they can say, Hey, if we come out here in 12 personnel, bring some extra tight ends, we can at least run the ball a little bit and give Kenny Pickett some space to not have to carry the offense all the time. Yeah. Like you said, they're not going to rush for 200 some yards every week, but right. they were doing the little things too. I mean, Derek Watt picking up a short yardage game. Yep. I mean, we know that you, you've got to move the pile a little bit for that to happen. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett, both score on on one yard touchdowns. I mean, that's not exact. I mean, that's what you expect an NFL offensive line to be able to do. But how many times over the last few years have we seen the Steelers overwhelmed at the point of attack and they can't punch it in from a yard out into the end zone or they can't move the chains on on third and one, fourth and one, what have you? So they're they're starting to you know take those baby steps for sure. It also uh, allowed them to you know, put up big, big numbers overall to um, aided a lot by Kenny's decisiveness to get out and run. So, yeah, I mean, that that's a, that's a positive aspect for sure. You can't be one dimensional. I think we all know the, the formula for this team, even whether it was Mitch Trubisky starting or Kenny Pickett starting, you weren't going to get a guy consistently throwing for 300 plus yards week in and week out. That's just not how they're meant to be built at this point. You'd hope that Kenny Pickett can, turn into that quarterback down the line. But for right now, their DNA, their identity as a football team is exactly what we saw Sunday. Yeah. And, I, and defensively. And I do think like, like you said, they're not you can't expect them to rush for 200 yards a game every week. But I, I do think that if, if you're able to get four or five yards a pop and you have a, a game where your rushing offense is decent and, and getting to get, that's when the play action comes in. And maybe the Steelers can finally hit on some of these deeper passing plays. We saw Kenny Pickett connect with Deontay Johnson for a 36 yard completion uh, in this last game. And then we've seen um, how the, you know, you know, how the Steelers can do it you know, on occasion, but we haven't seen it connect for a touchdown yet. I just, I feel like if you're struggling with Kenny Pickett to, you know, see the whole field and, you know, dissect defenses, you know, with underneath passes, this is a way that if you run the ball and you get play action, which Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada have talked about a lot, but needing to be the kind of the base of this offense, that's how you can create easier, easier passing windows for Kenny Pickett down the field and maybe even create opportunities for him to hit on some of those deep balls that 
open up the Steelers' offense. And run game schemes are really what Matt Canada is known for. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's at, it's at the college level where he's had his success as a coordinator. But if you're someone who just assumes that because Pitt scored a lot of points when he was their guy in 2016, that he's known as some sort of pass happy, spread it out type of play caller, and that's where he made his bones. That's that's not the case at all. It was from um, you know scheming things up in the run game, being creative with those matchups, and and kind of doing exactly what they did against the Saints to have so much success. I'm not saying uh, he's he's going to be able to do that every week, or that the offense overall is somehow a, a strength or the Canada's doing a great job. But uh, this is this is how Mike Tomlin and company drew it up in the offseason. And obviously they're going to they're going to try to repeat that Sunday in what should be a frigid day on the North Shore and what should be a physical AFC North contest. Certainly it's going to be a physical contest. These two teams don't exactly like each other. Uh, there's been, uh, there's been some back and forth over the, I mean, over, over the history, especially, but especially with late, you know, last year, Tyler Boyd saying, Oh, they quit and everything. Joe Burrow said, you know, we look, we don't really focus that much on the Steelers. You know, when, when asked about, you know, the, you know, beating them uh, last year when they swept the Steelers. And then of course, this time around the Steelers beating them and going in doing the walking, yo trap dance, you know, talking about black air forces. I'm sure the Bengals want to get some revenge. We'll talk about, whether that whether that will happen on Sunday when the Bengals come to town with our prediction segment coming up next here on the North Shore Drive podcast. So stay tuned right there. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Of course, Yinzers in the Berg is the number one place to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel, whether it's Steelers, Pirates, Penguin, Pitt, anything Pittsburgh. It's right there in the store. And with the Steelers un- well and underway, if you're going to the game, better head to one of the strip district shops for Yinzers in the Berg and pick up some Steelers gear. If Minka's back, you want some Minka gear, no better place than Yinzers in the Berg. Same thing with any TJ Watt gear, Cam Hayward, Kenny Pickett fans. All you need is right there at Yinzers in the Berg. And again, two legendary stores in the strip district. Or if you're not able to make it to the strip district, go just go online, yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com. And they'll have all your Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more right there on their website. website. Again, Yinzers in the Berg at yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We are talking about predictions here, getting you our final big matchups of the game. Now, Brian, what do you think is the most important aspect of the game? The Steelers have to, if they're going to win this game, they have to do X to make this to make this happen. Last time around when they played the Bengals, it was just the turnovers. And like you said, turnovers you can't count on every time, especially four interceptions and five overall turnovers from Joe Burrow. But, you know, not necessarily that, but what is something that you think is tangible that if they do this, they got a good shot to win this game? Pressuring Joe Burrow is is going to be the the key. I mean – Every game, you know, you, you've got to make life hard on the quarterback or else it's going to be a long day for you. But specifically with Burrow, you know, how sharp he has been since that season opener, that rude awakening for him when the Steelers got after him with the four picks, the strip sack by Alex Highsmith could have been their fifth interception had they scored it differently. I mean, they were just in his grill all game. And I, I think you need that again. Um, you know, TJ Watt. Looked like his usual self Sunday uh, against the Saints. I think Andy Dalton was probably seeing him in his dreams and his nightmares that night. Um, he just, you know, he's putting a lot of pressure, even though the stats 
weren't necessarily there for me impacts the game. So I think that'll be key again. Like I said in the beginning, you know, you're not going to be able to pick off Joe Burrow four times again, but you know, maybe a strip sack coming around the edge. If, if he tries to take off and use his legs a little bit, maybe you can poke one out and, and fall on that. So that, that to me is, is going to be critical for the Steelers, you know, the Bengals offensive line playing better, but I think far from a, uh, a group that they feel really confident about down there in Cincinnati. So uh, that's that's what I'm looking at. And, you know, same thing pretty much on the other side of the ball. I mean, Kenny Pickett, he's going to need all the help he can get. You know, two games in a row, taking six sacks. Uh, needs to be better. He needs to be better. The O-line needs to be better. The receivers need to get open and, and give him somebody to make those quick snap decisions and get the ball out of his hands. Because if not, you know, that Bengals pass rush hasn't been as strong, but we know they still have the studs up front to get it done. Absolutely. You know, one thing, though, you know, we talk about how the Steelers are basically in must win every single week because they're three and six and they want to hope to get themselves back in any playoff conversation. They need to do it. But the Bengals are kind of also in a spot where they need to step it up because they're, they're yeah, sure. They're five and four. But after this game, their schedule, whereas the Steelers schedule cools down because they've been through their gauntlet. The Bengals are heading into their own gauntlet. After this game, they're on the road to face the Titans. They're, they're then they're playing the Chiefs. They got the Browns at home, and the Browns, you know, while not a good team, stomped them pretty soundly uh, just a few weeks ago. Then they are on the road at Tampa Bay, on the road to New England, and then they play the Bills and the Ravens to end the season. Not only are they five and four, and they have those opponents lining up, but they're zero and three in the AFC North, and. That does not help your tiebreakers. If you fall to five and five and zero oh and four in the division, and then you have all those other teams coming up, the, it, it kind of paints a bleak picture for a team that's the reigning AFC champions that a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they'll be back in that conversation again." If they lose this game, I, you know, a lot of, you know, I was talking to some Bengals guys, uh, you know, who who cover the team, and they're like, "Listen, there's a sense that like, they lose this game, like they lose the season." Do you get that sense when, when you when you're looking at this game and that they, the Bengals are in just as much a desperation mode as the Steelers? I do. I mean, you win the AFC North, congrats, but you're going to get a division champion schedule the next year. So yeah. that's that's why parity is that's part of the reason why parity is what it is these days in the NFL. And 2022 has been even more of that than than we've ever seen. I think there's there's plenty of stats and numbers out there that back that up. So. The Bengals are finding out firsthand how difficult it is to remain on top. They do have so many difficult games left to go. I don't know that it's a you know loser go home type situation because I think once Jamar Chase comes back, um, you know they, they can still be dangerous and, and the type of team that can beat anybody on any given day. But you know that's easier said than done. And is he going to be fully healthy when he comes back? We know he's not going to be out there this weekend. I will point out, you know, yes, he he was really good against the Steelers week one. They they struggled to contain him last year, too, as a rookie. But it was T. Higgins who went out early in that game with, uh, I can't remember, was it a concussion or a back issue mm -hmm. he had down in Cincinnati? Either way, he wasn't able to finish, and that really hurt their offense in the second half, even once they did get in a groove. Higgins has been really good against the Steelers in his career, too. So, um, you know, that's kind of a one-for-one -one swap there in some ways. They've, they've got to contain him on the outside I think the Bengals you know I think they still have some left in their tank but this is a huge huge game for both teams for them to stay relevant for the Steelers if they win it you know Chris Yinzer Nation is, is going to be right <laughs> back I think they're going to be right back in it uh, when you look at you know who they've got left and who they've got coming up and how realistic it would be to, to really turn this season around 
Well, let's look at that before we give our predictions here, because if the Steelers, first of all, you're absolutely right. Like this is a town where they go one and zero in a season, and there's people playing. Here we go, bunch, and you hear them blasted on their car speakers. But this is a town now. They've been there, and as much as you and I have had to deal with Steelers Twitter and people in the comment sections just saying, "Oh, this team's terrible. They'll never. They're finishing with two wins this season." Uh, you know, you and I both know if they beat the Bengals, they'll have swept the Bengals. They'll be four and six, and then they got the Colts, the Falcons. They do have the Ravens twice, but they got the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Browns again. They people are going to be be singing, "We're back, baby," and putting themselves in this conversation. Brian, are, are Steelers fans just nuts? Like, is, is this is this just the 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 mercurial rise and fall, just with the feel good of just whatever happened most recently, or? Is there something actual to like if they win this game, that this season isn't what people thought it was? I think that's all fan bases, but here it's just a little different because of how spoiled people are by all the success mm-hmm. over the years. And even if you weren't alive to see it in the '70s, like me and you, uh, you you lived through it via other people um, mm-hmm. in your life. So that gets instilled in you if you're a Steeler fan, regardless. So. I think that's part of it, too. Uh, we know that the recent success hasn't really been there for them, especially in the postseason. But uh, you, you're always going to feel with the ethos of the organization and the tradition that it's it's not quite getting away from you. And, yeah, if, if they're four and six and you know they sweep the Bengals and you, know, you can kind of talk yourself into just about any game down the stretch. I mean, the Ravens, I think, are pretty good, but dealing with injuries of their own and, you know, it's a – Steelers Ravens, right? You to some degree you can throw out the record books. Crazy things have happened over the years. And then yeah, all these other teams from the NFC South and teams that have either already fired or might fire their head coach uh within the next few weeks. So uh it's it's gonna be very, very interesting if they win this game Sunday. And I guess without further ado, I kind of have a feeling they will. I, I have a feeling they're yeah, I have a feeling they're gonna upset the Bengals at home. Uh, I think the defense buckles down in some red zone opportunities. I think Matthew Wright improves upon his field goal kicking, and that won't cost them the game either. And uh, I think I think they find a way to punch in a few touchdowns. So um, I'm going to go Steelers 24, Bengals 21. No, you know what? I'll go 23-20. How about that? Okay, okay. You had to make that a little bit more uneven there. That, that, yeah. makes, that, that makes sense. No, I, I feel you on that. I, I did a thing on my, my – my, I do a crossover Thursday podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network where I talk with the, the Bengals guys, and I said, look, I, I'm doing this MCU style. I got the multiverses. If if Mika Fitzpatrick plays, the Bengals will win. If, or if Mika Fitzpatrick doesn't play, excuse me, if Mika Fitzpatrick doesn't play, the Bengals win. But if he does play, the Steelers win. And I and from what it seems like, Mika Fitzpatrick's gonna play the way. I mean, the way the, the way it just sounds like there's a confidence. He's full practicing on a Thursday. Normally, when you're coming back, you're limited practice on Thursday. Right. You ease into it, and then Friday's your big full practice day that we see if you're good to go. But if he's full practice on Thursday, it sounds like this guy's raring to go. I'm very intrigued by it. I think the Steelers are gonna feed off that momentum. They're gonna feed off TJ Watt being back for his second game, and that crowd at at uh, at Acrisure Stadium. They're going to be loud. I think they're going to be excited to beat the Bengals. They, Steelers fans don't like whatever AFC North team thinks that they're on top, and the Bengals are on top. They just got off of a Super Bowl trip this year, but that I think there's a there's an especial like it's 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 weird. Steelers fans still hate the Ravens, 
but it's not the same because the Ravens, they've swept the Ravens for two straight years. So, like, I don't hear the same animus for them. But Bengals fans and Steelers fans, even though the Bengals fans, you know, are like, look, we just made it to a Super Bowl. There's that back and forth right now. I think that the Steelers fans are going to get extra geared up. If they get another big play defensively early in the game, like a sack of Joe Burrow, a sack of fumble that gets them the ball back, I think it's going to be another thing where, again, not four interceptions and five turnovers or anything like that. But I think it's going to be another thing where the Steelers defense sets a tone. I'm kind of with you on this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 26 to 20. I think that the Steelers defense, they get another score of their own. Not, maybe not a pick six, but they'll find a way to get in the end zone. How maybe about a Steven like, Sims punt return touchdown? How about that? Because the Bengals, as you and I were talking about, have one of the worst punt punt return defenses in the NFL. Second second worst, in fact. Or also, what about a blocked punt? Because you could, I could, I could see something that that helped them against the Bills last year. Steelers used up all their block energy uh, this year <laughs> against Cincinnati. I'm pretty certain after what Minka did Week One, but yeah, you he, never know. He could do it again. Uh, we can certainly see that. But I'm right with you. I think the Steelers' narrow narrow margin of victory, but one a, a victory nonetheless, and a huge one that will be at Acrisure Stadium. But find out all the action that happens at Acrisure Stadium because we'll have our full uh, deploy of super reporters right there on site covering Steelers Bengals 425 kickoff at Acrisure Stadium this Sunday. Put Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Go to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette to get all your post game reactions and also get your pregame matches. We, you know, it's not just our talk. You got Jerry, you got Ray, you got Brian, you got Paul, you got Ron. Everybody's going to be talking about this game. So go to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette to get all your content for Steelers Bengals this week. Thanks again for checking out the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. This has been another Friday preview episode. We'll be back Monday with Ray Fittipaldo breaking this down. But also remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel because you're going to be able to interact live with Paul's Ice. And and, and, uh, and, our, and our friend Adam Bittner live after the game right here on this channel, giving your thoughts on Steelers Bengals. And I will see you with Ray on the Monday episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.